Well, you've just tuned in to Panama Today, a great program. I'm glad you found us. Maybe you're a regular. We appreciate you coming back morning after morning. And uh, I would just ask that you would pray that as people scan the dials today, they pick up this program and that the spirit of the living God would do an amazing, amazing thing in their lives and in your lives, too. There was a poem out a few years ago called The Hound of Heaven, and it pictures the Spirit of God hounding us down like a dog would sniff out its prey and sniffing out a particular animal, chasing it down. And that's what the Spirit of God does so lovingly does he chase us down and woo us to be his bride, to be his bride. Jesus is coming again for his bride. And Jesus said again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one, he gave five talents of money, to another, two talents, and to another, one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with the two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. You'll notice so far the sayings that the master has said to these two servants who did uh, what was expected or, let's say, uh, made the most of their talents. A talent was a unit of money that uh, they were got, got to share in more. Then in verse 24, then the man who had received the one talent came master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you had not sown, gathering where you had not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belonged to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. You knew that I harvested where I had not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the banker so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to one who has the ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. If you notice, it says back in the beginning of this parable in verse 15 that he gave the talents out each according to his ability. 
So he wasn't really expecting more out of a person, uh, or I should say equal out of each person, just that they would use the abilities that they had to make something more of it. And this process of going on a journey was typical, that a master would take and use uh, uh, portions of his estate and go on a journey. And uh, as he come back, he would expect his servants to have been faithful and to keep things going. And as a businessman would expect to make something out of it. And so he was really disappointed when the person had been given something and not had done a thing with it. An interesting part of this also to some people would say it's not fair that he took the guy who only had one talent and gave it to the guy who had 10 was simply that the Lord knew, in this case, the Lord of the estate, that the person who had made the most with what he had, this was a person he could entrust with more. Some people wonder why God doesn't do more in their lives. And part of the reason is because they're not doing anything with what he's already given them. Money wise, physical talents, musical talents, abilities to help other people, putting to uh, use the talents and abilities God has already given them. And so he says, well, I can't trust them more. Why should I give that person $1,000 when they don't, when they get 100 and then they totally misuse it in a selfish way or an abusive way? So the Lord is not going to give more in that particular way. So you see the purpose of this parable, but the overall setting here is on the second coming. Earlier in this passage, which is Matthew 25, is the parable of the ten virgins about being ready when the master comes. And in this parable, it's a case of being ready and doing and be about the Father's business with what he's already given us. Watch and pray. Be about what we're supposed to be doing. And the exciting part is, he says, to enter into the joy of the Lord, or as he puts it in this translation, come and share in your master's happiness. Isn't that a wonderful reward? Simply, the master's approval. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in his heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. Now, this is Matthew 25. There are three parables in this chapter. Parable of the ten virgins, the parable of the talents, and now the sheep and the goats. Each one of them ends with a separation. Each one of them ends with those who are welcomed into the presence of the king and those who are separated from the presence of the king. Each one demands a decision. Continuing this parable... Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Responding to national crisis in other nations is a way that we can do that. Unfortunately, we don't see the people in those other countries who are actually becoming the benefactors of the gifts we're giving. What makes it more personal is when you are confronted with a person 
in need right in front of your very eyes. Now, that doesn't look like Jesus, but Jesus is saying as we do it to them with a right attitude, it as if we are doing it for Jesus himself. As we continue, we see this. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? Notice they didn't even know that they were doing these things. There wasn't a big production about doing it to try to get points from God. They were just doing it out of the goodness of their heart. The king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, calls them his brothers, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Now these are the words of Jesus himself. Some people have said, I I, I think people are all going to be saved at the end. Well, there's no scriptural basis for that. In fact, you'll see just the opposite right here in these three parables that Jesus himself gave. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do it for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Now that speaks very clearly of the fact that there is a separation. Those who actually were serving the Lord because they wanted to. Those who were serving the Lord in a way that they weren't even aware that they were doing this as to Jesus himself. Heavenly Father, we ask today that you will help us to make right choices, that we would be filled with the Spirit of God, that we would be watching and waiting for your return. We pray, Heavenly Father, that we would be good stewards of the gifts that you've given to us. Father, help us to see gifts and talents and abilities from your perspective. And Lord, show us and develop these in us if we haven't discovered them yet. Help us to help others discover the gifts in their lives. And Father, we pray that we would have a tender heart to those around us, those who are less fortunate than we are, but most of all, people who need Jesus. Help us never to have a calloused heart, a heart that doesn't care, but keep us soft and tender for the things of God. And we praise you and we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen.